This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Pat Fitzgerald went from two weeks of unpaid summer vacation to being fired in a three-day span. I'm sure Chip Patterson, our friend from CBS Sports and the Cover 3 podcast, has some thoughts on this. How are you, my friend? What's going on? I'm a little bit disappointed. I missed all the good stuff out of Chris Eubanks. You know, we go live from 11 to 12, <laughs> right? and it was the perfect timing where I jumped in right as things turned. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, it's been fun to watch. As I, I mentioned last week that I, I spent my 4th of July watching uh, Wimbledon, so it's been cool to see his uh, his run, and uh, certainly he's, he's fallen to one of the best in the sport right now. So um, it, it, I'm excited to keep tracking him moving forward. Yeah, the um, the turning point was he had broken back to get the level in the fourth set tiebreak. He won the second and third sets, uh, and then Medvedev broke him right back. And, uh, he, and then and, the double fault to finish. Oh, his, that, his serve that, completely okay. deserted him uh, in, for basically the entirety of the fifth set, but an incredible run. I mean, he had uh, two Grand Slam main draw wins in his life before this year, and he won four. So uh, good for good for Christopher Eubanks. George Tech, go ACC. All right, right, so let's, uh, let's get to Northwestern and uh, Pat Fitzgerald. So walk me through, if you will, for those people who don't know, Pat Fitzgerald, an alum, uh, and a decorated football player, best mate player in modern Northwestern history, uh, best coach they've ever had uh, at uh, at that school in Evanston, 17 years, uh, nine winning seasons, which is an accomplishment at Northwestern, five of at least nine wins. He won a couple of division titles, never won a conference title, although did play in a Rose Bowl, right? No, they, he was not the coach, and they played in the Rose Bowl. Uh, he, he was a player. But, I mean, that's right. the thing. Like this, It does – I'm glad we're able to provide some context here because one of the things that makes this so, like, deeply, deeply saddening um, and disappointing is that he was kind of this college football fairy tale. Yeah. He gets uh, to be a star linebacker for a Northwestern team that makes it to the Rose Bowl in 1994. You know, that was the peak that the program had seen. Then he comes back to be an assistant, gets promoted to be a head coach, and the levels of success that Northwestern had had was, you know, more consistency than Northwestern had seen since mm-hmm. color television was invented. <laughs> I mean, this was... Uh, truly unique at a small private school in the Big Ten, in the Big Ten footprint to be able to have Northwestern at a place where you know getting to bowl games was a little bit more of a regularity. And as you mentioned, you pop for a double-digit win season yeah. or two. Uh, you win the Big Ten West Division and get to play for the conference championship in that 2020 pandemic shortened year. And then I will say that even prior to the scandal. Things are starting to fall off. Last you know, year, one in eleven. Yeah. Last year, last couple of years have, have not been great. This is not a program that I think we identified as being well suited for the transfer portal era, for the NIL era, and so you know there I probably some big picture concerns in terms of you know whether the success that Pat Fitzgerald had had was going to be sustainable in the long run. But that's not what brought this about because at the end of last season the, there was a, a hazing allegation mm-hmm. complaint that was brought to the school. The school used an outside firm, independent investigation, goes on for six months. They come back with findings that include the fact that as many as um, 11 
Former, current or former football players confirmed that the hazing had gone on. The investigation found that uh, it was a widespread and well-known throughout the program. Uh, there were degrading acts as part of this hazing, mm -hmm. but the investigation did not come back with any evidence that Pat Fitzgerald himself knew about it. At the conclusion of the investigation, the school and the coach, Pat Fitzgerald, agree that there should be some punishment for Pat Fitzgerald, even if he didn't know. You know, you're the leader of the program. Take some ownership. They agree on a two-week suspension. When the two-week suspension comes out, the player who filed the complaint is unhappy yeah. with the punishment, reaches out to the Daily Northwestern, uh, along with many other former players, uh, the stories from the history of Northwestern football under Pat Fitzgerald begin to pile up. They include not only the degrading acts of hazing, but even um, you know racial insensitivity and, and more. And that's when I think the university president, who in his own words, uh, acting unilaterally with the support of the board, decided to up a two-week suspension into an outright termination, relieving Pat Fitzgerald of his duties on Monday night. Friday, two-week suspension. Monday, He's fired, and, um, yeah, a lot of questions to be asked about what happened yeah. in between. There's a lot of room, and I, this is what I kept talking about yesterday. There's a lot of room in between a two-week summer unpaid vacation before anything happens and outright firing of arguably the most popular player in modern Northwestern football history and their best coach and best fundraiser as they embark on a new stadium, which is, I think, going to cost about $800 million. Nobody has done fundraising for that university. He's like the Johnny Manziel to Texas A&M, what Pat Fitzgerald has meant to that school in Evanston. So there's a lot of room. And my initial reaction was when the news started to come out was that it's obviously pretty bad if the university is going to go that far, because they could have easily just suspended him for six games. Sure. Suspended him for six games and then be done with it, because that's a that's a hefty pound of flesh. You don't have to fire the coach, but apparently they did. There is, I believe that, you know, because you're trying to do, I believe this was mismanaged. I believe that this From was. From the beginning. Like, this was mismanaged. And when the university president is saying, I only recently found out about all these things and, mm. you know, wasn't trying to stay on top of this. It means it was, it was not being treated with the seriousness from the beginning. And I, 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 there's just so much disappointment, right? Like you, you were disappointed that the level of locker room behavior would reach a point so that not just one whistleblower, but that more than a dozen former mm -hmm. football players would start coming out with the negative experiences they had as a result of this hazing culture, which had become systemic. And systemic as in there was a system that they had built right. in place. Over a long time. It wasn't, just under, it wasn't just under Fitzgerald. There was a story that I read in, the, I guess it was Sporting News, that said this happened in between when he played and when he was – the head coach back in 2001 through 2004. He might have been an assistant on staff. He was a linebacker's coach during that. He was a linebacker's coach during that time. Um, you know, the training camps up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. very famous for a lot of uh, these hazing activities. And so, you know, it, it is disappointing that the culture would get so abusive that it would bring out all of these negative reactions. I mean, that is inappropriate. 
It's, it's, yes. it's downright inappropriate. Right. And in, in many cases, it's illegal, right? You could you, literally, you could, it could go that far. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm overstepping here. Maybe I'm out over my skis here, but uh, we're talking about sexual assault in some cases. We're talking, we're definitely talking about sexual abuse above and beyond uh, inappropriate conduct. And clearly, I mean, coaches, first of all, I know the university's investigation could not pinpoint whether or not Fitzgerald knew of what went what went on. But do you think, is it plausible that he didn't? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I, I think that those sorts of activities are built like the traditional bag man before we had NIL. Mm-hmm. Right. They are set up so that the coach does not know. Right? Mm-hmm. You knows doesn't know the specifics of it. That you set these things up right. so that there is, you know, plausible deniability and, and all of those things. I I think that there is more than anything a missed opportunity here because I saw a path where if Pat Fitzgerald comes out and it says because clearly the university and Pat Fitzgerald, if they are going to agree to a two-week suspension, they are going to agree to some fault that Pat Fitzgerald mm-hmm. is going to take for all of this. But if Pat Fitzgerald had come out, and you're, I, I agree, if the penalty had been stiffer and included missing actual games during the year, if he had said, look, this this will not stand, you know, this has gotten out of control, we don't want to be a part of this, we want to have a locker room where we treat each other with respect, that's Northwestern football. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a, you know, we're going to institute this new leadership team or we're going to, you know, have, you could have taken ownership of this story from the allegations, from the investigations, from the findings. You could have created like some, some real change. You could have actually been able to make this so that you're not left with Pat Fitzgerald. You're right. One of the most beloved figures in the the university's modern right. history. Now, considering, and I, I imagine he will uh, absolutely be ser- searching for every penny of the $40 oh, no. million. Dollars that's that why, he owed. to me, that's why he lawyered up. And well, do you see the lawyer he got? Yeah, the, for, the firm that employs Jeffrey Kessler, the athlete advocate. I, and, and oh, that, I, thought, I thought he got the attorney that uh, went after Fox in the Dominion case. They could, they could be the same. Uh, he's I, just like, I believe they're employed oh, by the same firm. Uh, oh, no. Um, and you know, now you've got big money boosters who are going to be relied upon for the $800 million stadium renovations. And they are very, very unhappy. Yep. You've got faculty members that are calling for a full release of the investigation and a halt of all, you know, future football projects and a university president who just showed up in September of 2022, who now 
You know, how, how do you go hire the next football coach? Uh, you here, because I even heard you, it suggested today. You pay are you him. Sure that they're going to use all the Big Ten money. Like, are you sure that just because they could pay someone eight million dollars a year, nine right. million dollars a year, are you sure they're not just going to go cheap on it because they right. don't really feel like you know paying top dollar for a head football coach is is where they want to put their priorities? I mean, it's a it it is disappointing from the the beginning with the actions right. and the behavior to the way the university has handled it and disappointing because I cannot say that the immediate future for Northwestern football uh, is looking very bright right Look, now. There's a lot of reasons to not take that job for anybody, but um, I, I read a story today that mentions Mike Elko, Duke's head coach, as a potential candidate for them. And I'm just going to say I understand that it's a toxic toxic environment now, although there doesn't appear to be any NCAA violations uh, in the offing, but a toxic environment. And but with the facilities and the potential new stadium and all of that, if the if Northwestern was willing to pay seven million dollars a year for a football coach, does Mike Elko turn that down? Does Dave Clawson? The, all right. Oh, that would be even I'm not going to say a better choice, but a more logical choice since Clawson yeah. has been uh, he, that's basically his M.O. is to go and, you know, resurrect programs um, that. That was what I we, – we were sort of targeting coaches who are near the end of runs, yeah. not ones that were going to be on the rise. But even then, I'm, I'm, I think the most important thing is to see – because the big, the, big the big money donors, the important ones, might not be around until there's leadership change right. at the athletic director and university president level. Might, if I'm a coach on the – if I'm Tommy Reese – you know, former Notre Dame quarterback right. and offensive coordinator currently at um, Alabama. If I am uh, another one of these, you know, coaches that is kind of climbing the ladder, has experience with the private school, ties in the Midwest region, I, I'd i wait this one out. Mm -hmm. I'd wait oh, yeah. another cycle or two before uh, stepping in and taking this one. Uh, let me ask one, uh, one more question about this because it dovetails into something that will happen two weeks from yesterday. Commissioner's Forum in Charlotte, ACC Football Media Days, and former Northwestern Athletic Director, who happens to be the commissioner of the Atlantic Coast Conference now, Jim Phillips. Uh, any questions, people? Uh, yeah. I'll leave that up there, uh, right there for you, Chip. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the what is your reaction to the story? I mean, it, you, you can't just come out. Did you know? Blind. What did you I, know? <laughs> yeah, you that's not going to work. I, I think the the interesting question that might get a more thoughtful answer is, um, you know, what what did you think about the stories and how it was handled? You know, because mm -hmm. I man, on a, we we of course did an instant reaction pod on Monday night. Sure. Tom Fernelli and I we jump on HQ, we jump off HQ, we start talking. And, and sometimes in those moments, what, what's happened is you've talked through all the base level stuff already, even like with each other. Right. And then you very quickly start to get to, you know, letting your mind wander a little bit. And Tom Fernelli says, and I, I think this is a great question. If Jim Phillips is still there, is Pat Fitzgerald still coaching? Does hmm. having known friends in that room anymore, none of the people who you are tight with, does that contribute to how quickly this moved 
if Jim Phillips is the athletic director at Northwestern, does this get handled differently from the beginning? Um, well, see, that's, that, that's where, where it all unraveled. It was clear that Northwestern thought that they could keep the details of this under wraps because once they became public and they were obviously there, um, Northwestern admits that they were there. They they basically said that there was enough corroborating evidence uh, that this behavior did go on. The only th- the the place they stopped was whether or not Fitzgerald knew, but the behavior was there. Nobody denies that. And then when they got the players to talk about it, and then there's some details in that article uh, that makes you, to me, makes me think that, yeah, Fitzgerald knew what was going on, or at least he knew the nature of what was going on. And frankly, it might have gone on when he was a player too. Uh, right. And maybe that's just the culture that just gets passed on from coach to coach to coach to coach. All right, real real quick, before, we, uh, before I have to say goodbye to you, Chip Patterson, because uh, we'll all be down there in two weeks, and maybe we should talk about this next week, but I'll just ask you the question now. You can give me a 60-second answer. Uh, other than, is Florida State ready? What's the other big storyline for ACC Football Media Day two weeks from now? Is Mario Cristobal over his head? Whoa. $8 million a year over his head? Listen, this is... This is a very, very big year for Mario Cristobal. I'm working on a story right now about year two coaches. Mm-hmm. I've all, I write it every single year. I believe that your second season is one of the most pivotal throughout your coaching tenure. And he went five and seven last year after being picked to uh, win the Coastal Division. And at ACC Media Kickoff, he made bad staff hires. He now has new coordinators. He set the transfer portal to try to plug some holes, but he was begging parents to come pick up their children off his roster at the end of last season. <laughs> He's a great salesman yeah. of the of the program, so I think he will do well. But man, that is that's Miami's native son, yeah. and he's he's got a he's got a tough tough road to hoe because I I tell you what I've run the Chipolytics. I think they're going to be pretty average. I think they're going to be right there middle of the pack. I'm not making an argument for any higher than fifth place in the ACC. And that's it's pretty average. Yeah, so. very, very average. They'll be uh, they'll be staring up at Duke. Uh, Chip Patterson, you're the man. I'll I'll uh, I'll talk to you next week, and I'll see you in a couple. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Chip Patterson here on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, that's what I keep getting back to with Northwestern. And I realize it seems like we've been kind of uh, you know talking about this every day, but this. There's something else just about every day that comes out about this. The university thought that it would just be under wraps. Nobody would care. It's just Northwestern football. Like, I get it. Everybody's busy on a weekend. And when you dump the news at 2.45 on a Friday afternoon, eh, people aren't going to pay attention. You know what? The Internet never forgets. It's still sitting there. That story is still sitting there. And then you got the people that you did wrong, that you did dirty by such a light punishment. It was never going to stay quiet.